Hi there, welcome to episode 18 of Sight Chat. In this episode, James and I talk about motivation, personality traits, and social identity. To know more, stay tuned. As usual, if you have any questions or suggestions, please send them to sightchat at omnisite.com or tweet to site underscore chat. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Well, it's um, another episode of Side Chat, and today, as usual, I have my co-host with me, James Mollikert, um from Johor in Malaysia. Hi, James. How are you? Doctor Austin, always a pleasure. It's nice to be to have you back again. Um, now, subsequent weeks, we have been talking so much about motivation. We talked also about personality. And I think this week we were kind of you know looking at how should we put everything together, and I think this is a good good uh, episode I think uh, to put a little bit of what we were talking about previously about traits, about motivation, and then I think today we kind of perhaps look at what does it all come up to, uh, more of who we are and our kind of identity here, so maybe uh. uh a question: How well do we really know ourselves? Um, and you, you were very nice. You, you sent me a couple of articles, and then uh, there was this particular article that you, you, you say, can you please, please say <coughs> this, this thing on the podcast? So I'm going to uh, say that phrase actually from Benjamin Franklin: uh, There are three things extremely hard: steel, a diamond, and to know oneself. I mean, we know the first two; they are really hard. But knowing ourselves isn't really that hard. I think when we talk about things like that, we always talk about uh, the fundamental question, who am I? Self-concept, self-identity, right? And, and what does it really mean? And, and you uh, very kindly sent me some uh, references, uh, something from, maybe if I could read that, uh, something from Bruin and Houston. Uh, their, their perspective, what uh, self and identity uh, embedded in the interpersonal relationship and social group memberships. Uh, they, they actually give some examples in there. Uh, they said, well, I became a doctor because my parents wanted it. I became a soldier to make my father proud. Uh, I joined the club because my friends wanted uh, to be in it, uh, etc. And I think from that kind of very simple uh, uh, explanation of self and identity, uh, we become part of a group, really. We want to be uh, belonging to something. Therefore, 
that itself becomes our identity. So I, th- I think it goes back a little bit more also with uh, our fundamental understanding of what self is. Uh, so going back to, to all our textbook, I think Vygotsky uh, and also Erickson and me, they all had common grounds of what, what uh, self is. And they, they agree that self is uh, not context-free and it would change and kind of evolve depending on where we are and uh, as an individual. And of course, that also comes with a bit of uh, ego development and then eventually how our identity formed. Now, all, all sounded very, very uh, serious and uh, very uh, academic there. So this is where I go, okay, I shall turn on my non-academic mind now. <laughs> Let's have a less serious one. <laughs> Let us kind of turn my non-academic mind <laughs> to to maybe a bit more uh, casual discussion about this. But I know you want to uh, perhaps talk a little bit about uh, Adam's personality level. Personality. I'll, I'll leave that to you. But you know what we just said. Are we any closer to knowing who we are <laughs> at all? Uh, yeah, it's almost a philosophical question. At the same time. Psychological side is lots to say about. I think what you're talking about was about perhaps more first about the formation of who we are, our identity. If we just take who we are as our identity, although as McAdams would would suggest, and he's not not alone. If we think about our identity or who we are, identity, personality, sense of self, we've got those sort of three levels to think about. You know. our traits, typical behaviors, the things that drive us. Um, and then that separate thing, which is our identity. Um, put those three together, and we've got a sense of, well, that's the holistic self. That is the person we're, we're looking at, those typical behaviors, and the, mo- the things that drive them and motivate them, um, even demotivate them, uh, and how they, how they pull those things together within the society they exist in to identify themselves. It's almost like a capstone or mm. of, of those things that identity and that, that is very socially, culturally influenced, um, including, of course, keep keep um, um, caregivers. So I, I think that that nice question about what is the self, those aspects of personality and motivation and, and identity, and how that self becomes into whatever it is at that particular time the person. Um, exists and as you're saying those all those things potentially evolve over time and within systems and are moderated um so that the self is evolving we know identity evolved ericsson and so on were very clear about that there's lots of research on the social cultural side of how people do evolve um through life experiences and, and maturation into adulthood and in adulthood personality sides uh, and, and motivation would say that those aspects of self tend to stable, stabilize, um, or at least the way that we measure it. And of course, m- much of the measurement of all these things is done by the self, its self-report. So in some ways we get even the stability of these constructs of who we are relies upon self-report anyway. Um, so we get a little bit stuck in the method, I think as well, of identifying it. But then there's the question of, so 
we know that personality is relatively stable, though it does change over time. We know that motivation yeah. is the same, um, and we can trace those back to sociological and uh, and uh, genetic factors as well. So there's some stability there, some predictability about it. And the self, the I, I sense of identity also is is changes and evolves, but also stabilizes. So then the question is, is how well does an individual actually know who they are, whether it's their motivations, their personality, their identity? How far are they actually aware of some sort of truth? Yes, <laughs> that, that is like a, a kind of a million dollar question. I mean, I, I, I like the, the fact that you were saying uh, the three components, you know, motivation, personality, and identity is self-driven because uh, how motivated we are, what are we motivated is based on our own assessment of what we want, what we need. And personality, as we said, is, is stable, but we can choose to react according to the context. And the identity itself is, is our choice. We want to be part of a group or not. <clears throat> and you know, with, with all these three combined together, it should actually clear that uh, mythical question as in, wow, you're sorted out because you already know if this thing, this three thing comes together. But of course, we also agree the fact that it is so contextual uh, driven and um, we might change our motivation. We might also change our personality to suit the context that we are in. And the identity itself depends on what we are doing where we want to uh, pursue, what we want to pursue, where in a, in a work setting uh, context, how far we want to climb the ladder, uh, the corporate ladder. That could also impact on uh, the, uh, the, the concept of self. So self, as we say, the word evolve, subject to so many different factors itself. Um, very difficult though, to kind of say, well, James, you are a particular type of person. Or, or I am a particular type person because we can't, we can't really do that. But I, I think it is a very interesting uh, uh, concept here. And with this this self evaluation, it brings itself to a, a, a kind of a, a crossroad here because when someone actually view themselves uh, too much or too well, there might be some issues there. And if someone don't value themselves or don't see themselves as, as uh, in a good light, it is also quite bad. So there are two extremes, I think. So maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, if someone does view themselves uh, too well or, or over uh, their own capabilities, what kind of impact do you think that will cause if someone kind of uh, overestimate themselves, maybe? <laughs> well, you know, yeah, so the, the, the classic and they are classic studies, really, of that, of how well people under, are aware of themselves, their capabilities, for example. Yeah. Um, so that smarter than, better than average effect. Yes. Um, and lots of studies in this one. And it's very easy to replicate it with a group of even 10 people and a simple questions about how far they evaluate themselves compared to their peers. And we often, when we're doing it in, in facilitating workshops, we'll use it for at university how much how compared to your peers you know, evaluate your intelligence or your your intelligence your interpersonal skills your decision making mm. uh, and normally the last question and they you know, and of course they've got like average above average below average and the last question we ask once they've done those three or four questions is and your humility evaluate your humility 
That, that, that <laughs> and often gives the game away because they've already they've already rated themselves above average yes. on everything. Yeah. Uh, from intelligence to behaviors to emotional, whatever management, everyone evaluates themselves as being better than average. And as a, a great American study just done recently on on a, actually it's just here, I think. Um because uh, these studies haven't been done what in large numbers for quite some time. But in this one, uh, they evaluated 700 people, cross-section of the US population. And this was, it's quite recently, oh, 2018, uh, 700 people. And 65% of the participants agreed with the statement, I am more intelligent than the average person. Right. And not surprisingly, 70% 70 of men made that claim. Sure. So that means about 60% of women made, made a lower claim. So men overestimate themselves more than women do, at least in far as intelligence. Right. Why do you think people do that? I mean, is it because is it, you're just saying about men and, and women? Is it a gender thing? Or is it because people just perhaps are not very good at assessing themselves? Though they think they are, maybe they are not that good at doing so. That's a really good question. I think if you ask... Um, you know, any of the, the psychoanalytic folks, they would say that you know, the last person you ask about them, you know, themselves is a person. They, they, <laughs> we're so full of um, psychological defenses that are conscious or unconscious manipulation and that we use when we're in interviews or in any social situation, we do those things to uh, protect our ego um, mm. or to promote ourselves in, in a particular, you know, to, to put the mask on mm. that makes us more likely to, to succeed in a particular situation. But the idea, I think, behind most is that is that it's a it's self-esteem protecting first. Yes. I'm trying to tell myself that I'm better than most. Although there may be a very, very likely there's a, a strong cultural angle in that. And of course the Americans, uh, as far as we know, American culture and schools and so on. Uh, is always to, to big yourself up. You're great. You know, you're great. You're great. You're great. Um, whereas the other cultures are more group orientated, more humble, less assuming. And I, I'm sure that there are cultural effects on that. I, I don't know. I've studies that have, have looked at that. I'm sure it's, I'm sure that's there. Mm. So with self-esteem protection seems very obvious. Right. That's why we do it. Um, whether that's conscious or unconscious. Yep. And then there's this cultural aspect of, what is expected of me to show that I am capable? Again, yeah. self-esteem, yes. identity, Yeah. So it's interesting, as you said, the, the psychoanalytic uh, uh, perspective would be protecting self, you know, protect our own ego. Uh, but of course, there are people to the extent where they are protecting their ego uh, in, in, you know, in, in, in uh, the kind of working environment. You and I have actually seen many people who are, uh, apart from doing that, but they are just plain not that great at doing what they're doing. But they're still kind of uh, perhaps in, in, in defense of their own ego. Uh, they go around and telling people, you know, I'm actually quite good. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not bad at certain things. And they have this false illusion of their own capabilities. And, and I think it can be quite dangerous when someone uh, has a kind of... Uh, perception about themselves. I mean, we, we know this is what we call the, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Mm. But at the same time, I think uh, dangerous in the sense when someone who is not knowing of their own capability, they might end up actually committing themselves to maybe a bigger project that they cannot handle. 
And then what do they do? I'm just thinking along the, uh, the concept of social psychology. They might end up also becoming a social loafer, you know, taking credits for, for the, from the team and taking it as their own. Uh, because maybe somewhere within themselves, they know, you know what, I'm really not that great. But it's okay because I put it out there really saying or telling people how great I am. To protect myself, I'll probably take some of that uh, credit from someone else. So, I mean, there, there is this, this component of not knowing who you are. And then the other extreme, I would say, is more of perhaps knowing yourself too well that it's such a human nature thing to beat ourselves silly. You know, oh no, am, am I really that good? Maybe I'm not that good enough because as I compare, I mean, that's where the, the, the we were talking about identity. Uh, maybe backtracking a little bit. Identity, we want to be part of a group. So social uh, comparison after that will come in. Uh, if I'm in the in-group or, in, uh, or I'm not part of the in-group, I will be compared against or compared with, or I will compare myself uh, or, or try to elevate what I am uh, better than someone else being in the in-group. Um, then as we start doing that as an individual, we might also fall into the category of, uh, am I really that good? You know, Despite the fact that you might have things to prove that, yes, you are an expert in one thing. Uh, we do also fall into that, that uh, thinking of, Perhaps I'm not as good as other people because if I compare myself with James, James is better than me. But who am I to be giving this advice? You know, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, and and and, and we, we end up having this kind of imposter syndrome, which which we is a real thing. Um, and and I have seen cases where people suffer severely because of that, and their self esteem is 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 threatened. And uh, of course, there are devastating impact of that. People don't uh, trust themselves <coughs> anymore. And it might lead to more uh, uh, catastrophic uh, effect there. And, and I think this is where knowing yourself is good, but maybe not taking it to the extreme as what we were saying, you know, uh, trying to protect your ego. And then on the other spectrum, uh, doubting yourself. Uh, so human beings are pretty complex, aren't we? While we are given a, an opportunity to know who we are, we have to just complicate the whole process. Uh, why can't we just be uh, accepting who we are you know, from, from as we evolve? Uh, mm. I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, this is just coming to my head. Really, lots of really great points there, Austin. Um, first, I mean, it's basically about the benefits of accurate self-perception mm. um, and that tendency of innate biases of, of humans to protect themselves and make themselves feel capable mm. um, or related or whatever it is we're trying to, those fundamental needs that we want to make sure that we feel we've got um, to be part, to be a competent human being. The, the Dunning-Kruger effect was, was really nicely mentioned too. And, you're talking about the risk of that. And, and the main thing about the Dunning-Kruger effect is this: is the scope of people's ignorance is invisible to them. Mm. And that's especially so. So it's the poorer performers, less competent people tend to overestimate their abilities and are just blind to the fact that they're not prepared or they're not capable. Mm. And you mentioned how dangerous that can be. And there was a study in the US on student 
pilots, aviation. Yep. And it was the, the, the less performing people, uh, those who scored lower on pilot knowledge, mm. uh, pilot knowledge tests that grossly overestimated their ability. Mm. That's really bad news. Bad if you news think indeed. you can <laughs> land this plane, but actually you've never <laughs> flown this plane before or you don't really know what those switches are and yeah. you can't just make stuff up. Yeah. Um, that's when, you know, that the absolute clarity of self-perception is needed, yeah. self-awareness is needed in your competency mm. in order to be able to say, uh, which is a, one of the grand bedrocks of, of psychologists and psychology ethics is to be aware of the limitations of your own competence. Mm. That's, uh, you know, a requirement of practicing psychologists to know when you don't know <laughs> what this is, when you need to stop talking and ask somebody else yes. or go and find out. Yes. So the Dunning-Kruger effect really is quite, quite dangerous, as you yeah. as you rightly point out. It's not yeah. a, it's not some sort of, it is it is real. It is real. And yeah. It's interesting in how to, how to get beyond that, and we we need to get to the point is how how to get how to gain self awareness because yeah. that's obviously a bad thing. You also pointed out um, that while it's possible for lots of good reasons that you know humans don't have an absolutely accurate understanding of, of their self and their capabilities behaviors whatever and, and there's no pure accurate you know answer anyway uh, but it's it's where um some people are likely to systematically overestimate and systematically underestimate and both can be as you point out quite dysfunctional yep and so you, you alluded first, I think, to narcissism and that narcissistic tendencies, which of course is a personality disorder in extremes. Narcissism, not just interpreting the world and your role in it as you being a primary and most valuable, you know, motive, most valuable person in your world, um, overestimating your contributions and capabilities and undervaluing others in order to, to bump you up. Yep. So narcissists can be very strong in self-confidence. It can even help their self, um, their, their health, their, their mental and physical well-being. Narcissists tend to be feel good yep. and generally resilient because mm. they create this, you know, wonderful world where they're great no matter what happens. I mean, we're seeing this mm. played out in the U.S. political scene yes. line, <laughs> you know, uh, and and the problem when 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 the bubble is burst. Yeah. Uh, at the other end uh, is those dysfunctions where one undervalues oneself systematically, despite yeah. the evidence to the contrary. Yeah. So even if you are performing well, the, the mind works against you to undervalue mm. your contributions, your capabilities, your relationships, um, uh, your your future, and that's to be seen in various anxiety syndromes. Yep. Avoidant personality disorder, dependent personality disorder, uh, very, very horrible things for people to be in because they can't get out of it. Yep. They can't see themselves out. Their yeah. judgment of their personal value is bad. And and yes, you took it to imposter syndrome too, the, the complete self-doubt yeah. in the face of obvious talent. Yep. Extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also has to be made clear that uh, while we are speaking about things like that, while we... Um, project ourselves as, as, as uh, discussing our, our topics and an expert in some areas, uh, we are like most people. We also suffer that doubt in our head sometimes as in, oh, are we really that good at explaining certain things? Are we going to be able to 
convey certain messages there. Uh, I want to put it out there that it is a real thing. Don't and... be <laughs> See, I'm doing that already. Immediately, I'm doing that. <laughs> Imposter like, syndrome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, I no, I just want to say that that, uh, that uh, <laughs> we do suffer from that too. We we are we're not immune to that. So we are very human, as as most people. So, but uh, we like to be be able to be truthful to to our listeners and 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 share information as we know it. Because uh, if we don't do that, then it doesn't do any justice. Uh, but yes, b- being trying to find out who we are, we can depend so much on what we just said, uh, the the trait that we have, the motivation, and and establishing our own identity. Uh, an identity, in a sense, is quite fluid depending on the circumstances and and what you want to to achieve. Uh, please do not be fixated by an identity because. I know the word identity can be quite complex and, and people use it in a very different context and it could mean very different things. And that could also lead to discrimination in certain ways. But at the same time, you know, because we are evolving as human beings, sometimes we need to explore and we need to see what fits us at this present context. If it doesn't fit us anymore, then we might move on and then we adopt another different identity. Uh, we we are not saying that you're going to be like a a, a mask individual every time you you are incognito doing different things. No, I I think it's where we start to develop as as we know, as a young baby start to learn about emotions and motivation, they accumulate and assimilate information as they grow. Likewise, I think all of us are still learning, regardless how old you are. Uh, which of course both of us are not going to reveal our age, but regardless of how old we are, we are both learning, we are still sharing. Uh, and I think it is very important to understand that, that uh, identity itself is not as easy as we think it is, uh, which is why psychologists are still doing a lot of research in this area. And I think, uh, James, you, you brought up this very good point about uh, discussing this and putting it in context with what we had actually talked about the past uh, episodes on our podcast, uh, personality especially, and the motivation. And identity is a very good kind of uh, linked up to all those things that we just said. Uh, what other things do you think we should be actually telling our, our listeners about identity? Uh, actually, um, I look at that the idea of if we understand that we're not that humans are not very good judges of of who they are in terms of their personality motives or or identity, um, the uh, the question is how and in some ways you know there there are benefits there are clear benefits of having a more accurate perception of those things for yourself. Uh, if we know typically our, our behaviors or our motivations and, and aspects of our identity, what we're comfortable with, then of course that can influence many decisions we make. Sure. About jobs we take, mm. uh, crafting of jobs. Again, yes. we're into the personality motives and things. Um, and, and about being, it comes to the idea of being authentic. Authentic, yes. So the principles of authenticity, whereas if you, like a, like a plant, if you, if you, if a plant, needs a certain environment to thrive and really live, become its potential, then you need ideally to, to put the plant in that environment. And for ourselves, if we are aware about what does make us tick, what will make us happy, what will remove stress, um, 
where those interests and capabilities lie, then then that's where one should, if one can, pursue. So self-awareness, accurate self-awareness, of course, is a benefit. It Mm. doesn't mean, of course, if I realize that, oh, my goodness, there you go. I'm, I'm I'm a raving extrovert. Uh, and uh, hugely open to experience, and, and I'm motivated by um, by building deeper relationships. Uh, and my identity is still rather fluid, but I, I just feel self-authored now. I'm not held back by my identity of my nation or culture mm. or parents. I'm free and comfortable to mm. be who I am as a professional or whatever, as a psychologist. Great. How wonderful that is. How self-affirming. Yep. And then... You, you're looking at doors you can open, but sometimes you can't do those things because there are restrictions, resources, other people's sure. needs, whatever. But uh, whatever it is, if you know what those things are, you can come to terms with being who you are, yep. then at least you can make informed cons- decisions and compromises that you're comfortable Come making, with. or at least prepared just to tolerate for as long as you need to tolerate it. That's the nature of life too. We're not yes. fully... Um, empowered to do everything we would like um, so I, I think those benefits are very important so the, the next question really I would suggest um, would be how to build self-awareness and we, we very often any trainer in a, in a self-development in a development workshop will throw up Jahari window yep yeah as the number one thing here you go yes and the idea is that there are things that you know and there are things that you don't know about yourself Yep. There are things that other people know about you through their experience of you, and there are things that people don't know about you mm. that create a nice grid of four windows. Yes. And the idea is that um, by exploring what other people know and by reflecting on yourself, you can expand your self-awareness mm. away from just what you know of yourself yep. into the other, other parts of the window. Yeah. Um, and that, that then is a benefit to you. Mm. Uh, it's empowering or more authentic. Yes. So the main vehicle for that, uh, besides reflecting on yourself, you know, doing doing instruments like personality assessments, motivations, life experience reviews, um, even just talking out you know, who you think you are and your life, your yeah. life story, classic life story approaches mm. that my parents does a lot of. Um, to, to capture identity and the key drivers of it. Yes. They do a life story approach to capture motivation. So mm. again, talking through with a coach, um, a professional coach in the area, doing personality and motivation questionnaires, reflecting on those things as a whole, your life journey, those around you, trying to build that picture, that's wonderful. That's work you can do yourself. Yeah. The other work one can do is to ask other people's opinions. Yes. That is important. Yes, and I, I totally agree with you. And maybe to add one more point on what you just said, self-awareness is, is good to have because, uh, as you said already in, in detail, what you could do with it. Uh, but don't have to really beat yourself up if you don't fulfill certain things. And I think this is where self-compassion comes in too. Oh. Uh, because if, if we, we try to, you know, we lay down everything, we try to achieve too much, and we don't achieve those things, uh, we beat ourselves silly, then you're not going to actually progress. You're going to perhaps backtrack and don't want to do it. And, and that stops you from discovering yourself and discovering things that you want to do. So my, my kind of take from here is while you go through the, the journey of self-awareness, always remember 
you need to show yourself some compassion because we are only human and we are going to have our good days and bad days. It doesn't really matter as long as you're still on that journey of discovery and that what should matters and not just, just saying, you know, I need to compare with someone else. I need to be better than James. I need to be better than Austin. No, I think it's where, what is your comfort level, the threshold that you're comfortable in, in uh, uh, discovering yourself, getting your identity. It matches with all your personality um, and, and your motivation. And of course, the circumstances that you have, because not all circumstances are going to be ideal for you to flourish, you know, to bloom into a, a, a new flower or what have you. Uh, but I, I think it's, it's good to know that you can, but be also mindful that it is not going to be a, an easy step because as, as we said, it is a journey. So it'll be a discovery of new things or maybe hurdles that comes uh, that, that prevent us from um, uh, the, the whole discovery journey. So I think it is important to to bear that in mind too. And yes, and, and this, although it started out like a, a mythical question, something that is so difficult to answer, but there are ways you could as an individual uh, to start on that journey. You can start with a very small step uh, and then gradually, you know, kind of build the, the blocks there. And one, one point that... Uh, James, you, you, you said early on was uh, to ask people, right? Get the feedback. And I think that is a very powerful thing. Uh, human beings are as such, right? We, we hate to get feedback. We hate to get... Uh, uh, are you protecting your self-esteem? Yes, yes. Because we, you know, at the same time, <laughs> I think... sensitive. Yes, sensitivity. And, and I think we, we hate to hear bad comments or, or bad uh, feedback. Because it doesn't kind of sit well with our own ideal identity, I guess. So anything that is uncomfortable, we won't want to listen to. But I would say this would be a wrong approach. Listen, you don't have to be uh, too caught up with what people say. Take it as constructively as you can and review and reflect. Maybe people see you in a different light. Maybe see, people see you with a colored lens. But it doesn't really matter. It's their perspective, but how do you put that into perspective for yourself as you start to develop and, and, and uh, discover for yourself who you really are? I think that is more important. Uh, and and one, one of the things that I have been having conversation with people um, that, especially during this period of time, where work life is so different now, right? The environment has changed. They no longer know why are they doing this job? They no longer know why am I spending so much time? Is it actually worth going through all this at the same time? And I always tell them, look, those are good questions, but at the same time, take a step back and think what exactly do you want to achieve from that? If you're asking that question of, am I worth it? Who am I, etc.?" as we just said, take it step by step, get the right feedback, do a bit of assessment here and there and find out what exactly you want, who you are really uh, who you really are and then how do you progress from there? And I think this is very important. Don't get too caught up with emotions. Don't get too caught up with the negativity. Uh, give yourself that space to breathe. Give yourself your space to reflect. I think that is very important. Yeah? Uh, of course, <laughs> I would agree. Uh, reminds me of, um, again, coaching sessions and and feedback for uh, or preparation for doing things like 
in, in organizations, the 360 review work, where the 360 um, or multi-rater feedback approach mm. is that for existing employees, again, let's look at behaviors that we think are important for performance in a certain job, for example, in a leader, and then in a fairly straightforward questionnaire about behaviors to ask the individual to evaluate themselves on, on frequency or impact of those behaviors. Um, and at the same time to ask their colleagues, yep. uh, whether that's their peers uh, or their subordinates, their manager. Sometimes the questions will go as far as other people who know them or work with them. That might be suppliers or even customers. Um, though, though typically it is you know, the manager of the person, peers and subordinates who, who give their views. And that they all answer, answer basically the same questions about the same behaviors. You know, to what extent does this person do these things? Yep. To what's the impact of these things that you mm. see? Mm. So in those sorts of multi-rater reviews, the, the software then combines that view. It says, look, yeah, this person, how often does this person okay, say hello in the morning? Um, and you know, maybe the manager's manager doesn't, doesn't know because he never sees it. <laughs> He's right. on the golf course. <laughs> uh, subordinates, he, the person themselves might say, oh, I'm always very, I always do that. Mm. But the subordinates who they're leading says we never see them do that. Yeah. We, are, we are, can't remember any time the person does that as typical mm. behavior. Mm. Um, so then we set up the idea of, oh, wow, we, the person is confronted by different views about behavior. And if those views are, if those, that, that feedback is the same and that's positive, that's great news. I'm just reaffirming, oh, yeah, yep. that's what I thought I was. Yep. Great. Yep. It's not, then I'm, then I'm at that, that moment of, of challenge where the opportunity is for I either respond intuitively to protect my self-esteem and defend it, mm. um, and that can be the beginning of, you know, coup de Ross response cycle, you know, denial, anger, rejection, yep. you know, the lot. Um, or, you know, I can just hold it and and explore it, seek to understand where this comes from. Yep. Um, how is it that we're so different in mm. understanding and seeing behaviors mm. of what I do? Help me understand that. Yep. That's not as accepting it, it's trying to understand it. Mm. Um, again, people's observations and memories and reflections on behavior, yep. you know, is not perfect either, but it doesn't need to be perfect. Yep. It absolutely doesn't need to be perfect. It's trying to give you you know, that signal in the error. And yeah. multiple opinions then, of course, even of those things do differ. Mm. But you're looking for a theme that you might be able to process for some good. Yeah. Um, so in, when we're doing those sorts of uh, you know, self-evaluations or getting feedback, uh, the, one of the tricks is always to prepare people for that experience of getting feedback. Yes. To help them get ready mentally to be yeah. not willing but able to receive feedback, mm. able to go through feedback, because mm. our natural response as humans is to protect ourselves yes. if it's negative. Yes. So we got we know that's our programming. We know that's our bias. Yep. We know that's how we humans function. So let's yep. prepare ourselves. And yep. we know that in this case, we don't want that automatically to kick in. Yes. Because we want to get 
beyond that. So if we can just reduce that response rate mm. or that response level so we can get into that seeking to understand phase, yep. that's what we try to do. And that's what, whether you're asking your, your friends, your family, or you're doing something systematic, um, yep. like you know, self-awareness questionnaire, personality motives, or a multi-rated questionnaire where you're really going for it at work, yep. you still need to prepare yourself so that you are will, not just willing but able to accept those contradictions that, yep. that are inevitably going to come yep. and see them as good. Yeah, I, I think you're so so right in that sense. Uh, every time when, when people receive 360 feedback, they, they kick into that defense mode, right? Anything that's negative, I, I want to challenge it. But take it reflect why and i think that is a better way of uh, developing yourself and growth uh, while mm-hmm. you're talking about that i was just thinking about the other the extreme where everything is going to be uh, every, every every feedback is fantastic you know everything is good and this person is going to be feeling oh yes my life is fantastic it's wonderful everything is going to be good nothing is going to do uh, affect me at all even if it's a negative thing i'll be fine everything will be okay it's great to have that kind of positivity uh, uh, in your in in your life, but at the same time, please also be mindful. Overdoing that can uh, create a kind of uh, uh, what we call an optimism bias, right? Where everything becomes uh, happy, everything is, is is positive. Then you fail to understand the the challenge in life because um, life is so peculiar. They will throw you a curveball. And then when you approach it only in one perspective, you will find it very difficult to deal with it when uh, the reality sets in. So this is also very important. And I think it's very uh, important in a sense because it's part of who we are, our kind of DNA, that we need to be able to deal with different uh, uh, things that's been thrown at us. And it makes us a more well-rounded individual, I think. Uh, it is it is a, a exploratory thing for a lot of people, I, I believe. And that is why it's always good to have, as what James you were saying, talk to people, get feedback. You know, if you, if you need professional help, come to talk to an organization, psychologist like myself and also James, we'll be able to sort you out. We'll be able to help you. But in, 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 in truth, you have to be willing to explore. You need to be willing to uh, open up and, and realize that things is not just what you see. There's more to it if you're really interested in knowing about yourself a little bit better. So I, I think this, this, this is a very good uh, uh, topic today to discuss. Very, very, uh, sounded very uh, academic in, in a sense, but at the same time, it's actually quite practical. There are ways you could actually do to help you to discover yourself uh, in this journey. Yeah. Absolutely. I just add to it, I mean, it's the idea of, of self-awareness, of course, is 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 a foundation of most um, personal development models and at work, mm. leadership, yeah. the core of all you know improvement. If you like, is there's always that self-awareness component, and I think we've been talking about that uh, in terms of the components of it and the ways to get it, and the advantages. Um, the advantages, particularly for people with who are willing and able to to explore those things that their context enables them to do that and mm. supports them to do that sorry um, 
I think it's worth noting, as, as you did point out as well, is that that's not, not everybody is ready for that. And in, in some cases, it, you, you really, it may be detrimental to try to go around popping balloons of somebody's self-esteem or the reality that they, that they're built for themselves. Mm. Um, uh, I, it's not uncommon when we discuss you know, coaching cases um, just for professional you know, advice that we may be aware of, of a client who has got a range of issues that may be in some way deluding themselves, some realities, and yet we feel that it's not right to address that directly at this point. They're not ready and it will be detrimental to them or they will, their only choice to deal with that information is to reject it yep. because it's too threatening. Mm. So again, mm. we're always dealing with these things, any journey of self-awareness or adding information. It's, the, the aim is always paramount, a, a, a paramount point is the protecting the well-being of that individual and questioning their authenticity, questioning their identity, questioning um, uh, and challenging their, their self-concept mm. uh, can be very, very, very debilitating for people. And you, yep. you mentioned those with on the verge of disorders, mm. on those, that clinical or narcissism or avoidance and so on. Mm. Yeah, so I think that's just a word of caution that we want to put into this one. It is typically at work where most people are you know, like normal working population. They're completely capable and have that range of function to engage with these things. Um, even even people there, one needs to be careful and, and cautious when take, going down this journey, but the benefits of it, if you're willing, capable and supported, of course can be um, hugely rewarding uh, for the individual and, and their group. Yes. Wow, we both sound very, very serious today. Uh, I hope this is not coming <laughs> oh, no! true. In a, <laughs> it's not coming true into the uh, podcast. But as as usual, you know, it's 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 fun having this discussion with you. Uh, Thank you. I must say, this is our our, our own perspective. Uh, you can agree, you can disagree. But uh, if you want to put them on on uh, on paper, or you want to ask us any question, uh, please do so by sending us an email to sitechat at omnisite.com. or if you prefer to tweet to us, uh, tweet site underscore chat on Twitter. Uh, good as usual. Thank you very much, uh, James, for having to join me today to talk about this uh, topic. And uh, stay tuned. We will have another uh, episode coming up. And uh, if you want to subscribe to us or you have not subscribed to us, please do so. You can uh, subscribe to this podcast in all the uh, podcast system uh, that you can find us. So thank you very much again. And uh, see you guys soon.